God, we give you glory this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise that you so deserve. God, continue to invite us into your presence. God, would you please not allow the enemy to have any presence here at all? God, would you please give us clear minds? Would you please give us open hearts, open ears, open eyes, so that we can embrace the teaching that you have for us today? God, let us encounter you in a way we've never encountered you before. And we give you all of the praise, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat. We um, are launching off this series called God More Than a Three-Letter Word. And um, I'll have to tell you right now, this is not a disclaimer, nor is it an apology, but this is a hard Sunday for me. This is an extremely hard Sunday, and I'm just going to be up front with you because I believe God has some things to communicate to us that, that can be very challenging. It can be very personal. It can be very uh, close. It can, can really come into where we're at. But I am really thankful that God um, um, invites us into His presence, that He uh, allows us to encounter Him in a very intimate way. And so this morning, uh, as we kick off this whole series, uh, God, more than a three-letter word, I want to share with you uh, some thoughts. This is really an introductory series uh, that has to be laid so that we can build on the next 12, 13 weeks of where we're going. And so as I was beginning to think about this series, uh, the, the verse that came uh, to mind or comes to mind is this. Uh, Jesus says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, when I read that passage of Scripture, it really challenges some of my thoughts. It really challenges some of my, my feel-good thoughts about what eternal life is, about what salvation is, about how to come to know God, about having that relationship with God. Some feel-good thoughts that I think have been supported and reinforced from my church experience throughout the years. And I come across this verse and I read it and Jesus says, this is eternal life. Eternal life is that we know you, that we know the true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is what eternal life is. That is what the eternal life is, is wrapped up in, is, is that knowledge, that knowing, that experiencing God. And this morning, as, 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 as I share with you some thoughts, they're, they're going to be, like I said, they can be challenging because I was very challenged with the message that God has for us this morning. But it's a message that I believe has to be laid before we can continue to build upon and, and, try, and, and understanding and experiencing who God is. And as we look at that, as I begin to think about that verse, uh, some of the things that came to mind was this. I feel like, and when I say we, I'm talking about in general. I'm not talking about just element, but we're included in there. Uh, when, we, when, we, uh, when I look at that verse, some thoughts come to mind, such as, I believe we've cheapened this whole plan of salvation. I believe we've taken and we've cheapened it and reduced it down to a simple prayer, where we go to people and we say, hey, if you just pray this prayer, you can have eternal life. Or if you just say these words, if you just do this, this is all that it is. This is all that it is. Just, just do this and you can be part of the family of God. You can have salvation. You can have eternal life. I think about how we've taken it and we've assured people that if they do do that, yes, I said do-do, if, if they do do that, I couldn't get around it. That they have life. Or worse yet, and we've joked about this before, they have fire insurance. 
wow, doesn't that really cheapen salvation? Doesn't that really cheapen this, this relationship, this, this opportunity that, that the Father is affording us where He's saying, I want to have this intimate relationship with you. I want to have this close, intimate walk with you. I want you to know me. I want you to experience what I have. I want to adopt you into my family. I want you to be a part of, of all that I have. I want you to be a co-heir with my Son, Jesus Christ. So if you just say this prayer, I'll give you life insurance. Wow. Doesn't that really feel like we've cheapened it? And I feel like that's at, at times that's what we do. I, at times we've made it very conditional. A few, uh, um, a few months ago, probably a year or so ago, we went through a series called uh, Christian Atheism uh, by Greg Rochelle, and we, we took a look at that, and, we, and that's what it talked about. It talked about how we say that we're a Christian in one sense, but we almost live as atheists on the other side of the coin. Right? I mean, it's very conditional. God, I'll go where you want me to go, but as soon as it becomes uncomfortable, mm, I don't know about that. I'm going to pull back a little bit. God, I love having this relationship with you. This is great. If you want to bless me, if you want to bless my endeavors, if you want to take the desires of my heart and give them to me, that's awesome. But if you call me into an area that's uncomfortable, I don't know about that, God. I don't know. And so we conditionalize it, right? And then on top of that, we place good old-fashioned entitlement on it. Wow, that's something that we've really coined well. This whole concept of entitlement that says, what? Why wouldn't I have that? Why wouldn't I be entitled to that? I mean, I, you know, I am this or that. I should have that. And so we, we've conditionalized it and we've infused it with good old-fashioned entitlement. We've made it possible to date Jesus. John Ortberg kind of articulated it that way. But we've made it possible to date Jesus. And you know how it was when you dated your, you know, was in the dating uh, arena. Maybe you're there now. But, you know, you date to kind of see if you're compatible. You date to kind of find out the other person, right? And if it doesn't work out, then it's like, hey, you know what? We're going to have to part ways. You've got some things that I really don't, I really don't kind of uh, gel with. Or you've got some aspirations or some beliefs there that I really don't connect with. So, you know, we better part ways, you know, and, and, and kind of go our separate ways. Well, that's what we've done with Jesus. You know, as long as Jesus goes our way, as long as Jesus, back to that conditionalizing, as long as Jesus kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, as long as we can date him, but if he, if he wants to take us into an area, it's like, you know what, I, I don't know if I can make this commitment now. I, I'm going to have to pull back. I don't know if I can make this commitment. We've also made it into a system that denies Jesus' teaching that all are not going to find eternal life. And that's disturbing, isn't it? That's very disturbing. To, to think that not all people are going to find eternal life. Well, what about my loved one? What about my parent? What about my spouse? What about my child? You're telling me that, that God might spend, you know, allow them to spend eternity separated from His love, but yet we read passages like this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, where Jesus says, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. I think we've cheapened the whole thing and we've created this system that says, oh, just if you just do this or if you just do that, then everything's going to be okay. And, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And so we walk around with this loose interpretation of what it means to have a relationship with God and consequently what we've created, honestly, we've created a people that is extremely passionate for things of the system if they're passionate at all. I mean, guys we can become extremely passionate about things that doesn't matter. We, I mean, we can. 
I know that's a revelation to you, but you become passionate about things, just ask your spouse. Look to your spouse right now and say, is that true? And if they would be honest, they're going to say, yes, it is. We become passionate about things that really don't have eternal significance. But the things that do have eternal significance, such things as, you know, such things as living life, a life of humility, a life of integrity, a life of contriteness, a life of complete surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ, we can become extremely apathetic and we become complacent and passionless when it comes to that. Because that's too hard. And that becomes very difficult. But when I read this passage of Scripture that we just read, it seems to communicate to me, it seems that Jesus is communicating something vastly different when He says, and this is eternal life, that they know You, the only true God. That they know You. This is eternal life, that they know You. That word, know, some of you may have done a study on that, Uh, a word study on that. That word know shows up one of the first times in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, where Adam knew his wife. Now we're getting someplace. Adam knew his wife, and consequently what happened when Adam knew his wife, she bore Cain. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? She bore Cain. Adam knew his wife. It seems to suggest that that word know, to know something, as Adam knew his wife, is, connotates this really deep intimacy, right? This connection, this intimacy that is, that is very close with another individual. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is saying, that eternal life is not about knowing things about God. It's not about saying some prayer and then we're done with it. It's not about you know all these other things that we get complacent about or all these other things that we tend to focus on that as its significance. But I think Jesus, what Jesus is saying is this, eternal life is having this intimate relationship with God the Father. This intimate relationship, this relationship that has life, that has meaning. You know what's really sad, guys, is some of, guys and gals, is that some of us, even in our close relationships, we don't have intimacy. And yet Jesus is calling us to an intimacy that we're not even familiar with. But that is the intimacy I believe that Jesus is talking about here. To have eternal life is to have this very intimate, vibrant, loving relationship with God the Father. Listen to what uh, Henry Blackaby, as we, um, as we, uh, as some of you have signed up and we'll be going through the uh, self-study experiencing God. I'm telling you, it will literally, I've said this before, but it will literally transform your spiritual walk if you engage in that. But listen to what he says in one of his other books. He says, knowing God doesn't come through a program or a study or a method. And guys, that seems to be the way we're wired, right? I want to know God, so tell me. Let me go to a class. Let me sit down. You tell me these things so that I can come out on the other side and know it. That's kind of like how we operate in our world today. You know, teach me something, so sit down, do these things, do this step, and it equals this. And that's not really the way it is with God. No, it, that's not saying it's bad, but, but it's saying that that's not the... Oh, that's not the way of coming to know God. Knowing God does not come through a program, a study, or a method. It is the result of a vibrant, growing, one-on-one relationship with God. And it's within this intimate connection that God begins to reveal Himself to us, His purposes and His ways, so that you can know Him deeper and profound dimensions, in deeper and profound dimensions. As you relate to Him, 
God begins to invite you into Him, into His activity where He's already at work. And when you obey what God tells you, He will accomplish through you things only that He can do. And as the Lord works in and through your life, you will come to know Him ever more closely. That's what it means to know God. is to have this intimate, vibrant, growing relationship that as we enter into this relationship, and guys, I hope we understand that that is the relationship, the dynamic of a relationship that God wants to be in with us. Where He looks at us, in our, and I don't get it. I don't get this. But where He looks down and He sees us in our garbage, He sees us in our wretchedness, He sees us in this, this world of filth, He sees us in a place that, that, that is absolutely atrocious, and He reaches down and He says, I want to have this. In fact, the Word of God teaches us that uh, we're enemies of God at this point. And God reaches down and says, I want to be in a loving relationship with you. And he invites us into something that, that is, is not anything that we deserve. It's not anything that, 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 that we're entitled to by any means whatsoever. It's only by out of his great love that he's saying, I want you to experience me. I want you to experience and encounter me in a very intimate and profound way. And so he reaches down and he, and he invites us into this loving, intimate relationship with him. And if we go with that, if we accept that, if we become a part of that, and we begin to surrender our lives to Him and we begin to open ourselves up to Him, he, he begins to reveal Himself to us. Some of you have experienced this within your walk with God. Some of you are sitting in here this morning and God has revealed Himself to you in ways that is unimaginable. I mean, ways that, that just is so real and is so profound and is so intimate. And it, but your walk with Him has become so vibrant. I want to ask the, the rest of us, does that articulate our relationship with God? Do you find joy in your relationship with God? Do you find that deep intimacy with God? Is He revealing things to you that you've never experienced before? You see, here's what happens, guys. The thief comes in, the enemy comes in, he wants to destroy God. He can't destroy God, so the next best thing is he's going to destroy us. And he wants to make sure that we never can tap into what God wants to offer. He doesn't want us to experience the character of God. He doesn't want us to experience the things that God wants to give us. What he wants us to experience are his lies, his deception, a counterfeitness of what God really wants to offer us. And some of us buy into it, and we live in this, we live in this lie, we live in this counterfeitness, Counterfeit, stale religion that God's not revealing anything to us because we really, I mean, we're not even really connected in there. And that's what the thief wants to do. The thief comes in, he steals and he kills and destroys. But Jesus says this I came that they may have, a, may have life and have it abundantly. So essentially, this is the whole plan of salvation where Jesus is saying, The thief is to destroy. But I'm telling you that there is life here. I'm telling you that there is an intimate relationship to be had here, that the Father wants to have this incredible intimate relationship with you, and I have come to, to be able to give that to you, the whole plan of salvation. That's vastly different than following a set of rules. That's vastly different than saying, well, I go to church. That's vastly different than saying, well, this is what I do and don't do, and blah, 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 blah. It becomes more of an intimate, vibrant, growing relationship, and God begins to reveal Himself to us. And as He reveals Himself to us, or yeah, begins to, for he reveals himself to us. He invites us in on this journey that is absolutely, incredibly exciting. 
because we're accomplishing things that we could never accomplish on our own. In fact, we're able to see and hear things that we could never hear on our own. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, the natural person, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Jesus says this, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you're not of God. That's a very cha- Those two verses are very challenging. It's very challenging to think that maybe I don't hear God is because I'm not of God. That's challenging. Or maybe I don't understand things of God is because I'm not in this intimate, vibrant, growing relationship with God. How can I understand things of God when I'm not really in God? Remember that whole entheos thing last week? Jesus says, I've come to give abundant life. I've come to give life to the fullest. And when Jesus plays that role, when He comes in and does that, and later on we'll read the next verse, talks about the Holy Spirit coming in. We're able to understand things of God. We're able to, to hear God. We're able to hear, hear the heart of God. God begins to reveal Himself uh, to us and uh, begins to enable us to, to, to experience things we can never experience. By the way, our name has that cute little three in there, right? Element, with the three that confuses everybody, right? Encounter, express, engage. I can't say it enough. You can't say it enough. Encounter, express, engage. That first one, encounter, really comes down to one question. And that question is this. Have you encountered God? Do you or do you not have an intimate relationship with Him? There's no, well, I got this, you know, and we start filling in the blanks. That's really not it. It's really a yes or no question. Do we or do we not have an intimate, growing relationship with God? I can't answer that question for you. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging anybody in here. That's not my role. Thank goodness. That's between you and God. That's a question I hope that you ask yourself this morning. Because everything we do from here on this summer, in these 12 to 13 weeks talking about God more than a three-letter word, is built upon the fact that you have an intimate relationship with God. And as we continue to build build on this particular foundation, which has to be there, God is going to reveal things up to, about Himself to you. And I don't know how else to say this, it's going to knock your socks off. If you allow that to take place. God is going to reveal Himself to you. The Word of God teaches us that. He will reveal Himself to you if you're in that intimate, loving relationship with Him. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say in John 14, 26. He said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You see, that's when we're able to discern the things of God. And guys, I'm not judging, but I'm simply suggesting you ask yourself a couple questions. If you're in a relationship with God and you don't understand things of God or you don't hear God speak, you might want to take a step back and pause for a second and ask yourself, am I really in a true intimate relationship with God? Because I believe that's exactly what will happen when we're engaged in this relationship. If you're telling me, If you want to debate or argue with me and say, well, I've got an intimate, loving relationship with God, but He doesn't talk to me and He doesn't reveal Himself to me, I don't buy it. And furthermore, I don't think you can support that scripturally. 
Why would God want to have an intimate, loving relationship with you and then not talk to you? Does that add up to God's character? When we take a look at God's character and we study God's character and we look at God's character and we experience God's character, does that, is that how God operates throughout, throughout time? Is, through the Scriptures we read and study Scripture, is that how God operates? Says, I want to have a loving relationship with you, but I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to spend any time with you. I think that goes against what Jesus is saying and what Jesus teaches us. Listen to what Blackaby says uh, uh, in another uh, in a book that I that I want to quote to. He says, "The Scriptures will be your source of authority for how you live your Christian life and how you relate to God. You can't depend on human traditions, your experience, or the opinions of others to be accurate authorities on God's wills and ways. While these can help and be helpful, they must always be value, evaluated in the teaching of Scripture. And this is what we learn like when we go back and study the Greek culture and we study the Hebrew culture. The Greeks were very academic. The Greeks were all like, you know, hey, I want to learn about God, so teach me. Help me to understand or just teach me, you know. And so it was more like a two plus two equals four type of thing. Whereas the Hebrews was more like when you, the, the, you know God by the, by, as you experience Him. And throughout Scripture, when you read throughout the Word of God, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, time and time and time and time and time again, men and women gave God certain names by the way they experienced Him in situations. Where God revealed Himself to them, they experienced them, and he, they articulated names about Him, such as God's my helper, God's my sustainer, God's my provider, God's my fortress, God's my warrior. I mean, you name it. Through, I mean, hundreds of names throughout the Word of God where men and women experienced Him, where men and women had this intimate, loving uh, relationship with Him, and God revealed Himself to them, and consequently, as they experienced Him, they came to know Him even more. And that's when Jesus, I think, Blackaby continues to say this, when Jesus said eternal life is knowing God, including God the Son, Jesus Christ, he did not mean that eternal life is knowing about God. He was not referring to someone who has read many books and attended numerous seminars about God. He was talking about a first-hand experiential knowledge that we come to truly know God as we experience Him in and around our lives. He would further go on to say this, many people have grown up attending church and hearing about God all their lives, but they don't have a personal, dynamic, growing relationship with God. They never hear His voice. They have no idea what God's will is. They do not encounter His love firsthand. They have no sense of divine purpose for their lives. And they may know a lot about God, but they don't really know Him. I told you this was going to be a hard week. This was a hard week for me. Because I really began to look into this and I began to pour into this once again. It just really hit me so hard again about taking a look at my love relationship with God. You know, is it intimate? Is it growing? And, it's not, and, if, it's, and if it was ever stale at times, it was never because God wasn't wanting something more. It was always because Gail didn't want to go further. It was always because it became a little bit more difficult. It was because God was wanting to take Gail into an area to really show Himself to me instead of me really pursuing that because it would cost me something, I would kind of hang back. And so this really hit me hard to say, where is God wanting to take me? And it hits me even harder because as your pastor, you guys aren't going to go where I'm not going to go. And I'm going to be held accountable for that. And if you have a pastor that's not willing to go where God is wanting to take him and you, 
you need to get rid of that pastor. Now, I'm not saying I don't want to, I'm not going where God wants me to go. (laughs) I'm saying that's how serious I take it. I'm going to be held accountable for what I teach you. And if God is looking at me, and He's asking me like He did Peter to feed His sheep, and to lead His sheep, and take His sheep where He wants them to go, He needs a shepherd that's going to be humble and contrite and surrender to his, to his leading and to go where he, wants to, where, where he wants to take his people to go. Does that make sense? And that hits me like a ton of bricks. This isn't a one-time thing where it's like, okay, I did it back here, I'm done. This is a continual journey that God is inviting us on. But I want to stress this one more time. If this foundation, this is like algebra to me. If this piece isn't laid right, if we don't understand the, the, the building blocks of algebra, we can't really build higher up, right? You're not going to understand algebra 2 and algebra 3 and calc and all that other stuff, right? Trig, all, that other, all those other mathematical things. I don't understand to begin with, right? Which I missed the first part of algebra. That's why this makes sense to me today. But if we don't understand that God wants more than anything, to have this deep, intimate, loving, vibrant, growing relationship with us, we're not going to see God. We're not going to understand Him. He's not going to be able to reveal to us the things that He wants to reveal to us. God is inviting us into this this intimate relationship that He just wants to literally knock your socks off to say, I want you to experience me. I want to show you some things that will literally blow your mind. And I want to do some things in and through you that's just going to absolutely astound you. I want you to be a part of something that you could never, ever experience before in your life and consequently have life to the abundance. If we don't get that building block laid first, that foundation, we're not going to be able to understand um, things further as we get into understanding who God is more than a three-letter word. With that being said, there are some of you sitting here this morning Today, you have that vibe. If I would say, do you have an intimate relationship with God? You would be able to say, I've got that intimate, vibrant, growing relationship with God. You can recall where, where God has continued to reveal, has, has just shared things with you, continues to speak to you, opens things up to you, enables you to see things you could never see before or hear things you've never been able to hear before. And this morning you're sitting in here and you're celebrating and every time you come in here to worship with other saints of, or the, of the other people, the body of Christ, you're coming in with this ante- anticipation that you're going to encounter God in a very intimate way and I want to, I want to celebrate with you and I want want to ask you right now to begin to pray for individuals around you because there are people sitting in here that does not have that type of intimate relationship with God and the enemy does not want them to have that and they need to understand that God wants them to have that type of intimacy. And I would ask you to begin to pray in, the, in your heart right now, in the recesses of your heart, that the enemy would not have any freedom whatsoever in this room right now and that people would open up their hearts and their minds and their eyes to God and experience God the way He wants or encounter God the way He wants them to encounter Him. If you're sitting in this morning and none of this is making sense, the one thing I can just say is God loves you so much and wants to have this intimate relationship with you. Your first step is to open up your heart and to begin this incredible journey with Him. And maybe today's the day you finally put that to rest and you understand that you're not here by chance. 
And maybe today's the day God begins to reveal some things to you to realize that you're missing a key component there. I pray that this would be the day you just, again, open your hearts and your minds to God. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you're Eeyore, like we've been talking about. You have a so-called relationship, but it is not intimate at all with God. And please don't tell me that that's okay. Because I, truth be known, I don't think if you're married that that's the type of relationship you want with your wife or your husband. I don't think that would be the type of relationship that you want with other individuals. I think you want closeness. And it's the same type of thing that, that, that God has been inviting you into. Here's the thing. You may be sitting here this morning and you once had that. The, the, the hope in all of this is, the encouragement, the hope in all this in this is, is that's where God is inviting each and every one of us, regardless of where we are on our journey. He's inviting us in to be a part of this intimate walk. So whether we had it at one time and we just kind of got off track and now we're just kind of focusing on things that really don't matter and, and we're just kind of going through the routine, God's saying, let's rekindle this. I haven't moved. Let's rekindle this. Let's get excited again. Let me have control again. Or let me have control for the first time. Or wherever you're at. So I pray that as we close our time here, we've got a couple more songs that we want to to, to engage in, but I pray that you would just use this time and space as a time to encounter God. And maybe experience Him for the first time ever. Or maybe this is a time you're experiencing him again and just kind of getting things back in order and allowing him to have control again of your heart. I don't know where you're at, but I pray that you would just encounter him, respond as the Spirit would lead. This is why we're here. And so I just pray that you would use this time and space right now as we as we close out with a couple songs. Would you do that? And if you feel led to come and pray, we would love to pray with you. Um, But just respond the way the Spirit is leading you to respond, please. Father, we just give you praise and glory this morning, God. Just uh, pausing and thinking about this unconditional, intimate love that you want to have for us. And God, I pray this morning as we've encountered you, I pray that we would respond to that love that you so graciously want to give us. God, as as Paul writes in, in Ephesians about how much you just just lavish your spiritual blessings upon us. God, we just give you praise for that. And and knowing that we don't deserve it whatsoever, but but that's the type of God that you are that wants to have this, this love relationship with us. God, as we leave here today, I pray that you would continue to um, and allow our minds to think and contemplate on this, ultimately giving you praise and glory and entering into that type of relationship with you knowing you more, seeing you, allowing you to reveal yourself more to us in ways that we can't, we can't even express. And we ask all this and pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.